You're listening to Beyond Headlines on 88.7 FM, The Bay. We're a weekly show delving deeper into the stories that impact you. I'm Sabina Hooper. May 1st to 7th is Mental Health Week in Canada, and on May 1st, the Ontario government announced that it will introduce a new mandatory mental health literacy curriculum for elementary and high school students. And while that's a step in the right direction, are we really doing enough to tackle what many people are calling a mental health crisis? Now, broadcaster Kevin Frankish is an outspoken advocate for mental health, and he's joining me today. This is a little bit surreal for me. I mean, it, well, it's been a long, long time. Just for our listeners to know, you and I go way back and are both yeah, sitting yeah. TV alum from Breakfast back. Television. Yes. Stop saying way back. We go back. It's like 25 years, bud. <laughs> no, it is not. It is. is. Because oh, that would mean I'm 25 years older. That's right. Well, you know what happens to all of us when we're not looking. And... You know, everybody, of course, knows you from your broadcasting career. The other thing that you do that has been hugely impactful is the work that you've been doing about promoting good mental health. Oh, yes. Yeah. It uh, goes back to 2006 when I had my first panic attack on the air. And since that point, I've, you know, it has just been sort of a mission of mine to spread the word. And, and I think one of the most important things is just letting people know that they're not the only ones who feel this way because you do feel very alone and feel, well, this is, this is only impacting yeah. me, anxiety or depression. It's only impacting me. Well, no, it's impacting so many more people. And I think probably for anyone who's who's been down that road with uh, depression and anxiety, I would dare say that the sense of isolation is probably the worst part of it. It, it is, and that leads to loneliness um, for, for whichever reasons. You know, you, you, you try and, and hide, you try and stay to yourself, you, you, you don't feel comfortable around people. One way or the other, it leads to loneliness. And loneliness is a, a significant problem that, that you may yes. not even consider. Um, the Surgeon General of the United States a few years ago came out and said that Loneliness has the same impact on your overall health, not just your mental health, yeah. but your overall health of your body, the same as smoking 15 cigarettes a day. Wow. So that, that's serious. Uh, it's serious enough that the, um, the UK government has created a minister mm-hmm. of loneliness. One of the government ministers is responsible for the portfolio of loneliness and trying to combat it in the UK. So this is a significant and serious problem, the loneliness aspect of things. Now, let's, I I wanted to sort of talk about, focus on men's mental health. That really, uh, I think, is a significant aspect of of loneliness is a significant aspect of what men are going through, because I, in spite of all the conversations that are out there, I don't think men's mental health, I think the stigma is still attached to it. There still is. We all like to say, oh, you know, we're more in touch with our feelings. No, no. Uh, and especially for men. It, it's more or less, uh, you know, suck it up. Uh, it, it's yeah. just, you know, you're, you don't have any, any problems. Just just stop it. You know, take care of yourself. Uh, you know, walk it off. Yeah. That kind of thing. Why is that? Why are we still in this place where we have to have this discussion? Because the discussion needs to widen. The discussion needs to become more commonplace. Uh, and we need to 
let other men know that, hey, I, I have depression. I have anxiety. Selena, I have, dep- I, I have generalized anxiety disorder and severe depressive disorder. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yeah. But, but guys don't want to tell people that. You know, they don't even want to tell people they have a cold. Yeah. So, so a lot of times when I'm speaking and advocating for mental health and I need to address uh, the male demographic, I actually have to talk to the women, the wives, the sisters, the mothers, mm. uh, and, and get them to pass the message on and to take action because men won't. Yeah. Now, I, I mean, the situation is getting better. Do, you know, particularly in uh, rural areas like where we are, it's not talked about as much up here and the resources aren't available as much out here. If a gentleman is... Well, again... Go ahead. Again, it's, again, it's that Northern Ontario attitude. I grew up in North Bay. Mm-hmm. And I know that, you know, it's a it's a survive-on-your-own kind of mentality. It's, it's a... Uh, it's um, a tougher mentality, and and you help yourself a lot, and and that can be such a problem when it comes to mental health, because uh, you know that there are so many things that come up, and especially if you're in a rural area, that yeah, you have to take care of it yourself if something happens to your property. Uh, you know, even in, even in a situation where there's a fire, you, you've got to depend on neighbors first before you can depend on the fire department because it's going to take them a while to get there yeah yeah that's that's true but thankfully i mean there's a lot more resources out there in terms of what's available online telephone lines that that kind of thing we need guys to go do something about it oh most definitely most definitely and you know what guys you're doing it for your sons as well mm-hmm. you know, if you are a role model um for your son saying, listen, I'm taking care of my mental health, then then that, that removes the stigma for them. If it's such a central thing that has a ripple effect on the rest of your life, like taking care of your mental health makes you a better man, it makes you a better father, it makes you a better husband, worker, so on and so forth, and, and I don't know that people understand that. Your mental health, we, we've got to stop, that's one thing we have to stop doing, is we have to stop um, dividing mental health and our physical health. They're yes. one in the same. And, you know, we, we shouldn't be having, you know, it, we, we don't need hospitals that have a mental health unit. The whole hospital should be, should be about mental health. In fact, I'll tell you right now, the worst place you can go if you have any mental health issues is a hospital. Really? Hospitals in Ontario are... are it, they are the worst places, absolutely the worst places. I have had a chance to visit the, uh, many, and I'm talking about modern hospitals, brand new, state-of-the-art hospitals, and their mental health wards, as they call them, are prisons. Um, they, mm-hmm. they are, you know, even the ones that aren't a secure holding area, there's still, you feel like you are trapped there. You know, in, in a secure holding areas, they have nothing for mental health patients to do they, it's so the boredom yeah. causes problems in itself and accentuates it. The 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 um, there's some wonderful people. There's some great people who work there. So I don't want to I don't want to poo poo on them. But at the same time, all we want to do is we want to put people somewhere we can hold them 
and then we feel that that's okay. If you are brought in by police, which is often the case because families don't know what to do, so they call 911 and the police come and they take people away. In order to transport them, they have to put them in handcuffs. Yeah. So we're transporting people who are having a health issue, like prisoners, and treating them like such. So then you come in and you're put into a secure room with security posted outside. Now, this isn't in all cases, but in, in quite a number of cases, especially people who, who live with bipolar. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's so misunderstood. So once they establish, the first thing they're going to do, and rightly so, they want to establish you're not having a heart attack or any sort of respir- respiratory issues. Mm-hmm. So once they rule that out, you can spend hours in there and no one will even come in and talk to you or see you. Then they let you go. As soon as they, for the most part, they just, they, they just don't have the facilities to, to house mental health people, people who have yeah. situations like depression and anxiety because they don't feel it's a serious problem. So they let you, they let you go. It, it's just a terrible place. I, 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 again, don't want to say something, anything bad about the staff, but the facilities are medieval. They still are, and there's no sign they're getting any better. I know this to be true because it happened to me during a suicidal episode probably about six years ago. Just the very fact that you say the word suicide or self-harm, automatically there's a stigma attached to it. Automatically you are treated different. You are treated as though you were committing a crime. And that's why, these, you know, that's why when you talk about suicide, you no longer say someone commits suicide because you commit robbery, you commit murder. Suicide is not a crime. No. It's a cry for help. And yeah. so, you know, it, it is, it is, and I, I feel for you because you, there's, we still don't know how to deal with it. In fact, we're afraid to say the word suicide. Yeah. And um, this is quite an alarming, you bring up an alarming point because it shows, uh, you know, the people who should know how to handle this, maybe don't know how to handle this. And then that transfers to how does the patient handle it? And, And that's the crux of the problem is we don't know how to handle it. We're throwing a whole bunch of band-aids out. Yesterday, the uh, the provincial um, education minister, Stephen mm-hmm. Lache, um, has said that starting in September, that mental health literacy, I don't know why he calls it that, mm-hmm. mental health literacy will become mandatory in the high school curriculum, grade 10. Yeah. There will be some elements in grade 7 and 8, but not, not much. Yes. Grade 10 is already too late. Most percent of... Uh, Eighty percent of mental health issues happen uh, in your childhood. Trauma yeah. suffered, uh, the beginnings of them, the roots of of any depression and anxiety. Eighty percent of them happen in your childhood, not your teenagers. In your childhood. So what we need to do is is I I know kindergarten teachers who talk about anxiety, and they've never seen that in in four and five year olds like this before, oh. and so. We need to start in kindergarten. And we don't need to start to treat mental health issues. We need to, we need to simply do it the same way we, we talk about phys ed and, and nutrition. Yeah. Here's how to take care of yourself. Here's how to recognize your feelings. Here's how to self-regulate. Here's how to, to um, uh, get help when you need it. All we're talking about right now, and this is what they're talking about with mental health literacy for grade 10, is you know how to recognize that, that you're being suicidal. Where do you get help? Well... The places you get help in Ontario, unless you have money, forget it. 
Mm. Mental health is still, even though there are there are all sorts of free programs and there's programs in schools and colleges and universities, they are sadly lacking. Uh, they don't have the time. They don't have the resources. They don't have the, the, the staffing at all to deal with the, the crisis we are in. And we are in a crisis. Yes. So we need to start in kindergarten. I would rather teach uh, someone how to prevent starting a fire rather than build a whole bunch of fire stations to put out the fires after yep. they happen. And and we are, I, I use the term crisis. We're at crisis. We're in what's called the the um, the shadow pandemic. And the shadow pandemic was, it was a, uh, a, a phrase coined about a year, year and a half ago. And it was as a result of the pandemic, anybody who was living already with depression and anxiety, the situation worsened because loneliness mm-hmm. And, and isolation became mandatory. And then, for some people, actually, uh, depression actually improved. Their depression improved because, well, now they don't have the pressure to go out anymore. You know, they have to be. So it's okay. But now we're just releasing everybody out there. So, okay, pandemic's over, everybody. You go back to, to being friendly and talking with people. Well, I can't. I don't know how. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, what you were saying just now about um, uh programs in schools it's sort of talking out of both sides of your mouth and from the government's perspective in that you are not hiring mental health support staff and this is not something you can do in a 90 minute period yeah this is not something okay put away your math books open up your mental health books okay we're going to talk about what anxiety is Mm -hmm. oh wait uh okay it's time for lunch no, it, 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 it goes beyond that. I had had, I've spoken to school boards in the past. Nobody's picked up on my idea, but I have this idea called recess, And I think it needs to start in kindergarten. And instead of recess, every single day, every student in Ontario has me time, recess, where you start in kindergarten. You start simply, you can start just by drawing pictures. You know, tell me how you feel today. Draw a picture of of the weather and tell me what, what is it stormy and do you feel stormy today or do you feel sunny? Do you feel cold? Do you feel hot? And, and, and then by the time they're in grade one, two and three, they could be spending five minutes a day in quiet time, just five minutes. Mm-hmm. And what, what you were doing is we're teaching them how to meditate so that by the yes. time they get into grades four and up, they're spending 10 to 15 minutes a day on their own meditating. If you tried to do that in grade five, six, seven, eight right now, just they would be giggling. They wouldn't take it seriously. But if it becomes normal from the very first moment you come into school, and, and, and that is the greatest thing we can do for mm-hmm. mental health right now. We need to attack mental health on, on, on two facets. First, we have to deal with the problems we have. So we have to, we have to deal with the bipolar. We have to deal with schizophrenia. We have to deal with, with, uh, with anxiety and, and depression. And that's why... That's why you know, in, in Toronto, the, the, the TDC is getting so dangerous. It's mental health issues yeah. because we haven't dealt with them. And our chickens have come home to roost. Oh, so You're amazing. You That's that. true. But the other thing we need to deal with is we need to create healthy attitudes towards our mental health. We need to create an empathy. We need to create a self-realization. When, we're in a, when, when something goes wrong with us, how do we deal with it? Do we stuff it down and forget about it and it comes out 20 years later? Or do we deal with it? Do we recognize it? And I'll tell you, the one thing, that, because I used to have panic attacks all the time, I don't have them anymore because I learned something. Mm-hmm. I learned to face them. If you're having an anxiety attack and a panic attack, try this. Just look at it. Pick it up 
in your hand, literally. Imagine it's a box and you're picking it up in your hand and, and look at it, feel it. What does it feel like? What does it look like? How? Yeah, tell people about it. I think I'm having a panic attack. Tell, and, and I am going to guarantee you, you're going to start taming those panic attacks. It's going to take a while to learn yeah. to do it properly. But the, what you're doing is you don't even realize it. What you're doing is you are facing it. You are, you are examining it and it can't hurt you. Yes. Because now you know what it is. And make no mistake about it. Panic attacks, anxiety attacks, whatever you want to call them, depression. This is your body doing exactly what it is supposed to be doing. This is your check engine light. And when you start feeling it, especially as a youngster, it should be your check engine light. You should be checking your engine. Yeah. And you should stop and say, okay, why am I feeling this way? Oh, this is why I'm feeling this way. Oh, and then what happens is next time you start recognizing that feeling as it, as it comes on. So you can stop it right away. When you think about panic and anxiety, sometimes when you try and, 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 and trace your path back to the trigger, it's this long, long process. And finally you realize, oh, it's just because I had a decision to make. You know, at, at that time, that might be one of the reasons. But you realize you know what, I can, I can actually handle that. Okay, but if you, if you leave it and let it fester, it grows and grows and grows and grows so much so that it becomes overwhelming and you can't do anything with it at that point. Yeah, yeah. And, and part of that, there is no shame in what's happening to you. There's nothing wrong with you. This is your body and your mind doing what it's supposed to do in the situation. You don't get embarrassed or when you have a broken leg. You don't get embarrassed when you have a cold. People look at you and you're sniffling and they say, oh, you have the cold. But when we talk about mental health for years, it's always been, oh, it's just in your head. And, that, and that, that's mm -hmm. not going back to the, the 17th and 18th century. That's yeah. going back to yesterday. Mm -hmm. So if you have a cold, someone says, oh, yeah, you're sniffling. You have a cold. I feel bad for you. You should, you should sit down and... and Drink lots of fluids and rest. Get some sleep. Take this medicine. But if you come up to someone and say, I have depression. Oh. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's too bad. Instead of saying, hey, any, this, this is the best thing you can do for anyone. Whether or not they, you, they have depression, so family members. Not, and, and I know family members get so, so um, frustrated because they have a loved one who they just don't understand. You know, I, I try, to, try to help. Uh, and, and they just won't listen. Well, the problem is you're not listening. Yep. All you need to do is listen. If you go see a psychiatrist, I've seen a few. If you go see a psychiatrist, a psychologist, a counselor, what do they do? Do they sit there and talk the entire time? No. They ask you questions and they listen. Because the answer to depression and the answer to anxiety is in your head. And you know it. You just need someone to unlock it. Yep. Which is another reason why go get help if you're feeling this way. We're just about out of time, but Kev, if you'll indulge me, I wanted to tell you something. What's that? Um, several years back, I believe it was the day after the van attack, the North York van attack. Yes, oh, the terrible one. Yeah. Yes. We were uh, just wrapping up the show, and um, everyone was very upset. And at the end of the show, you looked right into the camera and you said, 
we're okay. See, I feel like crying just saying this because it had such a huge impact on me. You said, we're okay. We're all going to be okay. And I want you to know what you said helped me get through that day. And, me crying. and what you said, everything you do is helping people get through the pain of everyday life. So I thank you and I urge you, please keep doing it. You're changing how lives. Years, how many years ago was that? Oh, it's got to be a good six years. Maybe even more. Yeah. But, but my point is, is that you remembered that. I, I forgot all about that. I forgot all about it. I forgot, not about the van attack, but I forgot about saying that. And I remember too, because I sent notes to um, the other newsrooms, our competition. Yeah. Saying, hey, we're all together on this. So it's tough when you're in media because you're, 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 you can't ignore it. You can't turn it off. Nope. But, but again, my point being is, is that that was a little thing I forgot about and that I said, but you didn't. No. Nope. And that's important to remember. Something you say, simply like, you're not alone. I'm here. I understand. And you may walk away and think, oh, I didn't get through to that person. Didn't get through. Oh. And then five, six years later, they tell you, you know what? You said this on that day, and it changed my life. So I'm not asking people to do miracles. No. I'm asking people just to listen and say I'm there. Amen. Amen. And that is the perfect way to end this Kevin, I can't thank you enough for doing this. We're going to have to do it again and again oh, for sure. and again. I <laughs> uh, love Northern Ontario. Yes, yeah, and we love you too. Thank you, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Take care, Sabina. <laughs>